Welcome to Seeds, a show where we talk about purpose with inspiring people making a positive impact with their lives. We are particularly interested in social enterprises and entrepreneurs. We will listen to them reflect on their journeys and take time to dig deeper in order to better understand what really motivates their choices. Hey everyone, this is a bit of a different episode. It's quite short. Um, basically, the last interview I did with Jeff Bone, um, he emailed me that evening and said that we had touched on dyslexia very briefly in the interview, but he would love to come back and talk a little bit more. And we thought originally we would put that extra excerpt in, you know, as maybe like a two or three minutes more to add into the original interview. But then once we started recording, there was a lot more content to come out. And so I thought it'd be great just to highlight and focus on dyslexia and what Jeff has learned about that, both for himself and also for now helping his son to deal with dyslexia. Here's an excerpt from the interview with Jeff. Yeah, and, and the other thing is don't be um, like disappointed, mm. like, oh, damn it, <laughs> yeah. damn it, I've got dyslexia, that sucks. Yeah. Um, be excited. Right. Because this is, this is probably the child that you're least likely to be able to guess what it is they're going to do. Right. <laughs> and what they're going to do could actually be really exciting. Yeah. And I think when they come out with all those crazy harebrained schemes, let them go. Right. Encourage it. Encourage it. it. Let, yeah. them, let them fail. Yep. And then pick them right back up and be like, hey, you know what? That's okay to fail. Yep. Um, let's do this again. Let's do it differently. I hope you really enjoy this episode. And if you know someone who's dyslexic, or if you know a parent who maybe has a child who's struggling, then consider sharing this with them because I think they'll find it really encouraging, especially the bits about how many entrepreneurs are actually dyslexic, including Richard Branson. If you enjoy this episode, then consider checking out some of the earlier episodes as well because this is one of dozens and dozens of other interviews. Now let's talk about dyslexia with Jeff Bone. So it's a real pleasure to welcome back Jeff Bone. And Jeff, we had um, some email exchanges after the interview that we did um, where we were talking about dyslexia and realizing that that might be something that we could, um, yeah, go a little bit deeper with. Um, so I'm just wondering, because having reflected on that interview, you contacted me and said it'd be great to talk a little bit more about dyslexia. Are you able to share with us a little bit about that? Yeah, no, absolutely, Stephen. So I guess firstly, um, I think I'm an undis- undiagnosed dyslexic, I suppose, is the best way to describe right. it. Yeah. I'm not even really sure what that means, but I know that... Uh, at the moment, I'm going through a journey with my nine-year-old son, who is mildly mm-hmm. dyslexic. And me trying to, I guess, understand his journey uh, has made me realise I had exactly the same journey. No one ever really told me there was a word for it, and, and, and no one has ever told me I am. But you sometimes just know. And I know I had to go through reading recovery as a kid, and I got tested, and there was left-right brain things. And um, But mm. all, all the things my son is going through now... Um, you know, I'm smart enough to know I didn't think the same as everyone else in the class, and I sure as hell knew I was working hard. Mm-hmm. I, like, I guess the journey of trying to help Harvey has sort of led me to listen to a lot of podcasts and, and read on the subject. And the thing about dyslexia is, is firstly, um, it's a difficult word to say. Yeah, <laughs> we were talking about that before we recorded, right? Like, yeah, yeah. Well, it certainly wasn't invented by a dyslexic because they can't spell it. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, so firstly, I guess dyslexia is, is a wildly different for different humans. You know, there's a spectrum, and like like anything mm. in life. And um, from a schoolwork perspective, it's really hard to explain. Basically, you get everything, um, but sometimes translating it into the written word is difficult. Mm-hmm. Um, a good example is when I was at university, I did an accounting paper, and I got 47 out of 50 right. f- um, for internal assessment. 
Right. Uh, and I came out with a C minus, and I, for the, to this day, I don't know how on earth I managed to get a C minus, having got 47 out of 50 for uh, the internal assessment. But it's just sometimes how you put stuff down. Yeah. So you can articulate everything verbally um, and often to a high level and with no problems. Mm-hmm. But, you know, schools, universities, you know, they often value the ability to write it down over understanding it. Mm-hmm. Um, and I guess tests are created often by people who don't know how to test a brain that's wired differently from the majority. And you're mm-hmm. talking maybe 7% of the population of mm-hmm. thereabouts. Um, the business, on the other hand, judges people on outcomes. And that's a really critical difference. You know, the, the report that you do after you've done a task or a, a, an event um, is in many ways just a bit of a pain in the ass. But it's important to people who value a record of achievement. And I get that. I personally would rather put my energy into, yeah, instead of writing the report, I'd rather put that energy into creating You'd just rather idea. get on with it and do yeah, yeah, a different yeah. idea, right? Yeah. Yeah. But... So just thinking through in your own experience, you know, looking back, you probably were dyslexic. Um, what sort of lessons do you think that then taught you to take into the working world? Uh, I, I think the easiest answer is grit and determination, but it's more mm. complicated than that. So maybe if we take a higher level look at it, I mean, the, the, it's what happens the difference in wiring is, is a gift. It's once you leave school, it becomes a gift. They call right. it the unwrapped gift because... It's challenging at school, but then when you leave, yeah. you have this gift, right? So I read a, about a professor at uh, Cass Business School in London called um, Julia Logan. She did a big um, study on entrepreneurship. And in fact, this, the focus of the study was to understand what caused or what were some of the factors that enabled people to be successful entrepreneurs. So she, oh, okay. she, she just studied over 138 uh, large businesses in, in the United Kingdom. Mm-hmm. And she quickly realized that she stumbled across something that she didn't even realize was going to be a factor. Mm-hmm. She found that 35% of those successful entrepreneurs that had created them all identified themselves as dyslexic. Mm. So if you've got 7 or 8% of the population who are dyslexic and then suddenly 35% of successful entrepreneurs are dyslexic, you, you, you're literally looking at a four times more likely to be successful as an entrepreneur yeah, if you've got this unwrapped gift. Amazing correlation It's there, an huh? amazing correlation. Yeah. And, you know, if I... And you and I, for example, created a pill. Yeah. Uh, and we sold it to parents, guaranteeing their child was, you know, four times more likely to be a successful business entrepreneur. Yeah, I'll Which, be I'll be part of that startup for sure. Yeah, yeah, 100%, right. And, <laughs> you know, as a parent, like, yeah, that's what. What do you want for your child? You want them to be better than you were, right? Like, that's, absolutely. That's what your aim is. So you'd, you'd sell those pills by the container load. Yeah. Um, but ironically, the same parents uh, would quickly complain that you know, their child has issues concentrating, mm. reading or writing, uh, and so that won't compute with them. And mm-hmm. what they won't understand is, firstly, those kids are concentrating. Mm-hmm. They just decided to concentrate on something else, right. on a creative idea that's popped into their head and it's yeah. forcing them to do something that the parent doesn't want. So I guess for, for an adult, you know, it's challenging to accept that their child has something better to think about than what the parent considers to be important. Sure, yeah. So, you know, what dyslexics are doing at this stage is that this kind of idea of grit and determination is because they're constantly battling other people telling them what to do when their mm-hmm. brain's telling them to do something different. Mm-hmm. Um, they're developing compensatory skills that others haven't. Uh, you know, they, they've had to because everyone's been trying to force them down a path and they've seen a different path that's more exciting and more interesting and so they've, they've gone that way. Mm. And so in the workplace, you know, they're, they're 100% ready to overcome problems whereas others aren't necessarily as prepared because yeah. they, they, were, they found it easier to follow a structure. Yeah, because they've had to learn to be agile 
and learned learned to yeah. do things a little bit different outside of the box because they didn't fit the box that they were meant to be in, right? Yeah, absolutely. And yeah. when you know when there was you know if you look at uh, an entrepreneur like Richard Branson, who's, who's in his early days is trying to convince investors to give him money. Yeah. Um, you know, you're supposed to write a 300-page report about your business plan and what it's going to look like. Sure. And so <laughs> he, he, the same thing happened at school. The English teacher was telling him to write a 300-page essay on this book, and he created compensatory skills to not have to do that. Right. So he'd get on with his life or get on with what he's creating. Yeah. And, and the same thing will happen in entrepreneurship. You, you, know, you've, you listen to podcasts of people that have created businesses out of nothing there's some very innovative ways of getting the capital required mm. and there's no straight learning path around that mm-hmm. i don't know maybe that's why they call it the unwrapped gift it, it, it sounds to me like you've done a lot of listening and researching into this topic mm. um are there some examples that have sort of stood out to you my my favorite one is a simple one really it's about a forest so so when you you know just like second certainly i do you know when we see the canopy, we see the canopy of a whole forest, mm-hmm. um, but but I'm not necessarily as good at identifying individual trees, which, mm. you know, in the context of the, you know, the Canterbury show, I, I, I know everything that's going on, um, but I need a, a, hum, a team of humans who are really, really good at that, de- that detail. And so we work well together. Yeah. With the forest, you know, if you want to harvest the forest, you, you, you need that person that can see the whole forest to make strategic decisions about the impact of losing one part over another. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that's one of the things that dyslexics are really good at. Right. Um, but to do the job well, you absolutely need the people that can identify the individual trees and work through systematically what happens and how you go about extracting that individual tree. And so, you know, businesses need both brains yeah. and both ways of thinking. And, and one of the other things dyslexics are really good at is delegating. Mm. Um, and, you know, one of the reasons they're good at it is they've been doing it their whole life. Mm. They're at school, they're in a project group. They're not necessarily the kid that is going to write the entire thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but they've got great ideas and they can choose which of the other kids should be writing it. Right. And it kind of sounds counterintuitive when you're not doing all the work. But in reality, they are. They're doing the job that someone has to do in that group. Yeah. And, um, and the ironic thing is that our education system kind of rewards the one who's diligently writing the report right yeah rather than the one with the bigger picture who can see the canopy of all the trees rather than getting bogged down in the detail of yeah. that tree and the one that's arguing with the teacher that um the assignment's silly and that they should do it differently yeah, right <laughs> so, and that's what you need in business someone's got to be in there arguing for a different path because yeah. that other pathway is the innovation that's yeah. where the interesting bit is yeah um, and the amazing amazing thing is that then we turn around as a society and someone like richard branson becomes like a cult-like status of yeah how amazing they are and yet if you looked at them back in the high school days or whatever they would have been at the back of the class i guess yeah and richard branson's success is about who he surrounded himself with yeah and 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 also how he treated those humans and how he grew and developed them and yeah you know invested in them and trusted them that's another key thing is that entrusting others to do things for you mm-hmm. having that natural ability to empower people and let them do what they need to do and not look over their shoulder and tell them no no that's not how i would do it yeah yeah so you know yeah i'd say no i naturally am like that i'm happy to let others do it yeah and come in at the end and just check yeah and look yeah but the other really good one i think you know you asked about examples mm. is um the crusaders coach you know razor robinson mm-hmm. i mean he's talked about it himself in the paper and you know i bet his brain never turns off with with ideas mm. you know and that's a gift as an adult but as a child it's a curse because you're the kid with the ideas that never follows through. But but you don't always follow through because you're looking for guidance from 
adults on on how to follow through and if it's not given to you you just end up figuring it out for yourself mm-hmm. um and then as you get out of childhood you, you get better and better and better at figuring it out for yourself and you know razor has proven to be a genius at, at creating ideas and then taking a team of humans to enact them and follow them mm. you know i i guarantee you if canterbury rugby had, had sat him down during contract negotiations a couple of years ago and asked him to write a 10-page report explaining exactly how he was going to take a top professional sports team and ensure they won the first you know championships in a global competition um it might not have been his thing mm. but at least you know I, I think one of the reasons is that you, he wouldn't have even known many if if not all of the ideas he was going to have throughout mm. the year mm-hmm. that that he later convinced others to implement and that's kind of that critical bit yep. i think with him is He'd have all the ideas, but he knows how to work with other humans to convince them to go along a path. Mm. Um, you can't train that. And, you know, he's, let's not forget his X factor. I mean, he's got an X factor. And mm. there's probably lots of factors that feed into, in, into that. But if anyone's got the superpower at something, there's no question. Yeah. Um, and many of us won't have a gift as strong as his. Uh, but we should all be thankful, I think, as a region, to be thankful he channels it in a way that mm. benefits all of us. Um, yeah. You know, and... I, I mentioned that word grit and determination, but I, I really believe that dyslexia is a, is a natural teacher of that. Mm. And there's been amazing studies um, on the um, West Point in uh, America where the, uh, right. where the military, military trains yeah. their, their top, top officers. And they, um, they ended up getting in um, uh, psychologists to understand grit and determination as a, and a try to measure it in a scientific way. Right. Because everybody that was coming into West Point um, was determined on their grades. And you really had to be the best of the best to get right. in there. Yeah. And you even had to know a, a senator. Um, and, you know, if you, your application wasn't signed off by a senator of, of, of American politics, you, you're unlikely to get in. Hmm. But the correlation between success and grades uh, never mapped out. Hmm. And they were trying to figure out why some got through what is a very arduous process and some didn't. Yep. And... Um, this psychologist whose name um, has has escaped me, but there's an entire book on it, um, just talks in the book about how they created this measurement tool and they found that measuring grit and determination was a greater um, factor in success than academic results. Mm. Yeah, so so the unwrapped gift is what you called it before, wasn't it? That, that that's actually something that later on in life you realize has prepared you better than than other people. Yeah, I mean, someone much smarter than me coined that phrase. Mm. Um, and it is true because it, it won't feel like a gift to my nine-year-old son. Yeah. But, you know, he has, you know, he got a reading test the other day and as a nine-year-old, they say he's now reading at the level of a, a 10-year-old. Mm. Well, that was grit and determination and yep. he had to spend a lot more time with yes. me and his mother and another teacher trying to get to that point. Mm. Um, and, and having to do that right through school mm-hmm. means that he's building up that grit and determination that, mm-hmm. that, that others don't necessarily have to. And my daughter um, had her test the other day and, you know, it's a breeze. Mm-hmm. Like, there's no problems there. Yeah. But, and so she's got, a, she'll have a wonderful, you know, educational career of that. I've got no doubt. Yeah. Um, but will she get the unwrapped gift of grit and determination? I'm not sure she will. She'll have to learn it somewhere else. Yeah. 
Yeah, it's interesting, isn't it? You know, what is it that makes us who we are? And you used the word superpower before as well. Is yeah. that something that you identify with? That this is a sort of a uh, superpower? Or? Yeah, I think it is. I mean, if 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 there's a four times more likelihood that I'm going to be a successful entrepreneur because of yeah. it, then that kind of is right. And, yeah. and it's just and again, it's not a phrase I coined. It's a, if you Google it or if you mm. you know go onto podcasts, you can hear about them. There's a really good podcast on the guy that created um, a Speechify. Okay. So Speechify is an app that um, you you literally get a you know 300 page book right. and you scan it with your phone and then it will play it in your ears. Ah. So you don't have to read anything anymore. Yeah, right. <laughs> you literally don't have to read textbooks. Yeah. Um, and the other thing, of course, is Google Docs. You just talk into it now. You don't have to write anything either. Yeah. Which I actually firmly believe is the way we're going to go as a future. I think kids that can talk into a computer and have everything mapped out. Um, are going to be more efficient in the workplace than those that continue to t- tap with their fingers. Sure. You know, this yeah. is just going back to what we did 300 years ago. Yeah, yeah. But going back to Speechify, the guy that created it was highly dyslexic. I and mean, we talked about the scale. I mean, I'm probably mildly, if anything. And then he's at the other end. I see. And he got into a lot of trouble. He talks about being in a lot of trouble as a kid when his parents found out that instead of reading the English book, he'd, he'd listen to the watch the video. Right. <laughs> Even though he'd gotten the same outcome, they were really disappointed and he felt like he'd let them down. Yeah. Um, and then he desperately wanted to go to university mm-hmm. um, and he desperately wanted, and they told him there was a book that had to be read as pre-reading for, for a course that he was doing. I see. And um, he really struggled with it and he, and he started coding and he coded the first version of um, Speechify where he could just scan it wow. and listen to it. Yeah. And I mean, I can read a complicated legal document, so I'm, I'm nowhere near the level that he's at. Yeah. And I suspect, you know, John Britton is another good example of probably being closer to that level as well. But um, he evolved that document, uh, that sorry, that app into mm. something now that's a, you know, billion dollar company. Mm. And ironically, when he got into that um, university course and he turned up on the first day, he was the only kid in the class that had done the pre-reading. <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's really fascinating. Well, what we'll do in the show notes here, we'll try to find that link to the podcast and then we'll yeah, put yeah, it so it that, we'll leave. Yeah, sounds good. And that way people can scroll down and find it if they want to. Yep. Um, can we just finish with a question? So you're a parent and you've got kids and you, you've obviously thought a lot about this. There are people who are listening who are probably parents with kids who have dyslexia. Do you have any advice for them? And uh, yeah, firstly, I think, you know, if you're lucky enough to have both parents mm. in the house, then it's a it's a dual thing. Mm. And if you've got kids over two houses, it's still a dual thing. You yep. need to be talking about it. Have you read today? And, and my wife spends more time reading with my children than I do. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, I, I have a lot to be thankful for in terms of the amount of dedication she puts in. Mm. Um, when you're, I guess, with them um, and they're finding something hard, don't be disappointed by it. Yeah. Just engage in it. Yeah. And understand that if their eyes flicked off to the right and they don't want to do it, um, you, you know, you've got to be gentle mm. to bring them back. Because the key thing is they've got to learn to enjoy to learning. And, mm-hmm. it, you know, I, I love learning. I read all the time now. Mm-hmm. And I didn't really start to enjoy learning until I was at university. And I started doing papers that were genuinely interesting to me and, and, and I could absorb myself. Mm-hmm. But you, you just have to keep doing it every single day. Mm-hmm. You, you you are that person that's going to help them with the grit and determination. And, it, you know, if it's 6.30 in the morning or 7 o'clock in the morning and you spend 10 minutes with them every day, every day, mm-hmm. you can't have a day off. Right. That's just the way it is. Yeah. And um, you've got to talk to the teacher. You've got to work with the teacher. I think letting the teacher know that you are engaged in the process mm. 
and talking through with the teacher what you experience, listening to them, getting their feedback um, is really critical. Mm. Pushing the schools mm. to include them in some form of uh, reading recovery is critical. Right. And, you know, I'm blessed in that I, um, we're in Mount Pleasant and we have this beautiful school and they have all these resources. Mm. Not all schools have those resources. Yeah, sure. And that's a, sad, that's a reality of our society. So you've got to go fight for them. You've got to fight for your child. You've got to fight for those resources. Um, you know, go and pay f- for them to be assessed on your own. Mm. Uh, sign up with one of the providers that can help you get some advice from the counsellor at school around who is the best person to test your child. Do it early. Mm. Don't wait until they tell you to. Um, and then guide the school on the journey yourself. Mate, mm. Let them know that you're on this journey and you want them to step up. Mm. And if they're not stepping up, find out why. Sure. Um, but listen to the because those those teachers want to help and they're going to want to help your kid more if you're in there as well. Yeah, that's really helpful. I think the key word that sticks out or the word that summarizes it to me is the being proactive. You know, like you're yeah. proactive with your child, you're proactive with the school, you're proactive with testing or working out how you can help. So yeah, and, and the other thing is, don't be um, like disappointed, mm. like oh. Damn it. <laughs> yeah. Damn it. I've got dyslexia. That sucks. Yeah. Um, be excited. Right. Because this is this is probably the child that you're least likely to be able to guess what it is they're going to do. Right. <laughs> and what they're going to do could actually be really exciting. Yeah. And I think when they come out with all those crazy harebrained schemes, let them go. Right. Encourage it. Encourage it. it. Let, yeah. them, let them fail. Yep. And then pick them right back up and be like, hey, you know what? That's okay to fail. Yep. Um, let's do this again. Let's do it differently. Yeah. Yeah, and, and if, if you see them searching for a, an answer, sit down, look them in the eye, and try and understand what it is that what they're searching for. Mm. That's so helpful. Thank you, um, and thanks for coming back, because this is like a two-part interview in a way, because <laughs> we've really been able to unlock, I think, dyslexia and, and have, a, yeah, have a real conversation about how it's impacted your life and how others can, I, I guess, react to it. So yep. thank, thank you so much. No problems. Yeah. Any time. Well, I do hope you enjoyed that episode. I know for me, it was challenging to think about perceptions and reality. You know, sometimes you can put people into a box. But I think what that interview really honed in on was the fact that perhaps dyslexia could be a form of superpower or unwrapped gift. And it could be something that actually helps children to develop a stronger character and come up with even more innovative ideas. If you enjoyed this episode, then consider sharing it with someone else who would appreciate the content And you might want to check out some of the earlier episodes in the back catalog as well. Until next time.